0: When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me. Hello, welcome to Yoga for the Revolution, wisdom, a show about self-care in the age of resistance. Today we're going to talk a little bit more about universal morality, because... Why not? We'll talk about asteya, which is non-stealing, and what that means in our own lives and in the context of this sad, selfish, new world order. Let's take a moment to remind ourselves of the eight limbs of yoga. Yamas, that's the universal morality. Niyamas, those personal observances or restrictions. Asana, that's the one people make magazines about. Those are the body postures pranayama, the breathing exercises. We do some of those together. Pratyahara, control of the senses or sense withdrawal. Dharana, dhyana. uh, Those are various levels of meditation. Concentration first and then devotion, meditation on the divine. And samadhi, that is union with the divine. That is the end all be all. It is the we're done here, collect $200 and ascend or let your molecules diversify into the ether and realize that you are one with the universe or whatever that might feel like. Earlier, we talked about the first two yamas, the moral and ethical societal guidelines for the practicing yogi, and those were ahimsa, nonviolence, and satya, truth. And that's back in episode 14, yours for the listening. Today, we're diving into asteya, non-stealing Steya is the sanskrit term for non-stealing it's a virtue also in jainism and hinduism it's considered one of the five yamas in that yoga school and one of a bunch of forms of temperance in other kinds of indian philosophy it really is just about don't steal or have the intent to steal another person's property or thought through speech or action or thought So if you're comparing to Ten Commandments, this also, not only is it not stealing, but it's also not coveting, right? Whether it's a neighbor's wife or throw pillows or Instagram feed or body type or anything like that. So that's where the thought covers it as well. So on a surface level, practicing a stay can mean literally not stealing money out of someone's pocket, but it also can mean not hoarding materials you don't need, uh, mindlessly consuming natural resources. Coveting other people's possessions or, again, like we said, form in the world or a thought or success or anything like that, it can also apply to wasting someone's time or appropriating other people's ideas. So that's a huge list of things we all do every single day. So let's break it down. Hoarding, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo would not have been a New York Times bestseller if we weren't all secret hoarders. People who don't hoard... Don't need to declutter. Clutter is just a nice name for junk, and we all have it. I consider myself a minimalist, and even I have junk. I keep it in a plastic bin, in a cabinet, but I have it. It's there, and when I open it up, I think, why do I even have this? And then I put the lid back on, and I stuff it back in the cabinet. Now, not everyone's hoarding looks the same, but it does tend to come from the same place, which is often some version of, I'm not good enough life isn't good enough as it is. So I need this thing and this other thing. You ever see the movie The Jerk, Steve Martin movie? You should. It's important. I will put it in the show notes. He's come into a bunch of money and he has all this stuff and he and his girlfriend are fighting and he says, well, I don't need any of this stuff and I don't need you. All I need is this. And he picks up something random, an ashtray, I think. And he starts to walk out. But as he does, he sees something else that he just can't leave behind. And it keeps going. It's a two minute long scene. And by the end, he's got an ashtray, a paddle game, a remote control, a book of matches and a lamp and a chair and a book. And he's carrying all this stuff and he's in his bathrobe. It's worth a watch. It's funny. And that's all of us. We are all the jerk because we're all taking all of this stuff around with us, even if we think we're not. This pair of Warby Parker glasses and this yoga mat, and that's it. And that's all I need. And this throw pillow and this unicorn smoothie. And that's everything I need, too. We're the same. Just replace those things with whatever your things are. And this happens in yoga, too, of course. I need this Kittri cleanse and this copper cup for drinking alkalized water and, you know, this whatever it is. It doesn't have to be, you know, this. BMW and this three-story house, it can really be anything because the truth is we don't need any of it, not really, not to survive. We don't. We don't even need all the wellness things or the trappings of wellness culture. We need, you know, food, shelter, some creative outlet, community, self-empowerment, love, expression, self-actualization. That's, you know, connection to a higher force element, something. Those are it really. They seem rather big or complicated, but they're really not. And that's that's Maslow's hierarchy right there. And right up also, coincidentally, from the root chakra to the crown chakra too. Those are the things we need. Food, shelter, creativity, community empowerment, love, expression, self actualization. That really covers it. Now will a new scarf from Chico's or a comforter from Urban Outfitters or shoes from wherever fulfill really any of those needs? No, not really, but we want them anyway, and we get them, and we have them for a while before we realize, oh, this thing doesn't actually fulfill my needs. It must be this other thing that will do the trick. And you put the scarf or the comforter or whatever it is into the closet, and do you have a closet full of stuff that doesn't fulfill you? And some author is explaining in a book how magically happy you'll be if you just get rid of it all and part of you kind of gets it, so you buy that too. And it doesn't even have to be about buying the thing. It's about wanting the thing. What is Pinterest for? Pinterest is a catalog of all our external facing desires. It's a beautifully curated reflection of our own belief that we're not good enough. And that's crazy because we don't need it. And we've talked about this before. What are all of those things? All of those choices They're simply the manifestation of who we want people to think we are. Maybe even who we want to think we are. I wear this brand of clothing and drive this car and have these bumper stickers, or don't wear brand names and drive no car and have no bumper stickers. Either way, we're projecting some image out into the world of who we think we should be. We don't need any of those things to really be who we are, right? When I'm alone, I'm still me and no one is watching. In fact, I may be more myself when no one is there to see the show, but we're obsessed. Our whole culture is, and we seem to be so lost in it that we don't really care about the cost. We choose not to think about it. We all know where our iPhones are made, and we kind of put that in a little envelope in our brain and store it somewhere, and we choose not to think about it or act on it. Now, if you go back to what we're Using for original definition of a stea, it's not stealing, yes, not hoarding, not coveting, not consuming resources or time or ideas, and we're kind of failing at that as a culture. Let's touch on consumption of resources for a second. Food? Forget it. Uh, we in America throw out 40% of the food we buy. We buy it and then we throw it out. I have a bunch of kale in the fridge right now and dandelion. I know I can barely hear myself say it. It sounds so cliche, but yes, I have those greens. And if they don't make it into a salad or a smoothie or something soon, they're getting tossed. It goes from being food to being garbage. We do that all the time. Even if we eat it, we're fat. I mean, maybe not the dandelion, but sorry, America, or most of us are fat. We eat too much food, way more than we need and we're consuming those resources and what about what it is that we're eating how high or low on the food chain are we eating how many resources went into making that food think about air conditioning and here's where i'll put my back in my day pipe in and smoke it we didn't have central air you know what happened nothing we were hot sometimes but we need it now we need our air to be conditioned to our comfort level And what resources are we willing to go through to get there? I don't even know because it clearly isn't as important to me as being able to sit in my own house and not sweat. All of that, all of that is stealing. (sighs) Well, crap. This is even before we get into wasting other people's time and wasting our own time. How many of you, of us, go on the internet and then an hour goes by? I do it. I go onto Pinterest or Instagram because I like to look at pretty pictures, I find it calming. But then, bam, an hour goes by. I could have been reading. I could have been learning something. I could have been moving my body. I could have been talking to someone sitting next to me. Waste of time. Okay, so aside from making myself and maybe you feel bad about all the things we consume and own, why are we talking about this? Do I expect all the podcast listeners to go live humbly in a cabin they've built with their own two hands, fanning themselves in the heat? throw pillow-less, and making their own unicorn lattes from scratch? No, I do not. Although, that kind of sounds a little fun. Maybe for a weekend. But no, of course not. I bring this up because it's something we could all use a reminder about. We live in a country where we have enough food. There is. There is just enough food for everyone. But about 13% of households are food insecure. That means about 42 million households have a time when they don't know Where their next meal is coming from and that includes kids about six million of them and i'm getting this information from the economic research service that's a segment of the united states department of agriculture fun fact my first job out of college was writing and editing for the economic research service you can find my byline on several issues of ag outlook magazine so does all of that now feel more relevant When we talk about Astea non-stealing, it's like, yeah, sure, I don't rob banks. I'm not pickpocketing old ladies. That one doesn't apply to me, but it does. We're doing it when we take more than we need. And I say it out loud because I'm in the mix too, and I need the reminder. I need to hear it. I need to remind myself that the whole idea for me of paying taxes is so that I can help so our government can help, so that I don't hoard my money that it is used in ways that are good for our country and our neighbors. And I'm in a privileged enough position to do that. I pay into Social Security, not just so that I will have health care when I am old, but so that other people will too. It's not just about me or just about you. It's all of us. And if we don't do these things, then technically, according to Estea, we are stealing. If we continue to elect and allow our government to skirt human decency in order to fill their own pockets and the pockets of their business partners, that is stealing. And me, reading tweets from Paul Ryan about what a good job he's doing repealing Obamacare is a waste of my time. And that is stealing too. Doesn't matter, according to the Yamas and Niyamas, that rural Americans, for example, are voting against their own self-interest. In this one very specific way, that is none of my business. What is my business and what is something I can do is not steal from them or from anyone else. Now, Esteea, that concept is incredibly nuanced. It's about non-stealing in actions and thoughts and speech. It involves stealing from others and from the earth and from yourself. It's not all about objects and consumable goods, although that's the easiest to talk about. It's about time and ideas and being present in the moment. I come to this when I think about what we all think we deserve. I keep trying to understand our government right now, right? Instead of just being angry, I keep trying to parse through it and try to understand where where someone could possibly be coming from. Understand this administration, to understand the people who voted this way. And part of it, in my understanding, comes back to Astea. That's why I bring it up. It comes back to that very, very human feeling, That there's not enough about not being enough of whatever. iPhones or healthcare or tax rebates. And so when there's that scary feeling of not enough, we start to steal, we start to hoard and to think we deserve all of the things because we're afraid that all of the things will go away and we will be left with nothing and nothing is not enough. And I think that's maybe what's happening. We covet. We are a nation built on coveting. Ambition runs so close to competition, and it's in our DNA as a country. We want things. That's how we were made, how we were built, how we were taught to succeed. We were taught that owning a home was a mile marker to success. So the country coveted and desired and got all golem and precious on the housing market until the whole thing collapsed because we had to have, and the bankers had to have more. But when did our greed overtake our compassion? That I don't know. I mean, was it just the 80s? Was it the ties and the suspenders? I mean, I don't have enough historical context to really know, but somewhere along the way, we became obsessed with hoarding and stealing, and here we are. And I think here we'll stay until we can figure out this whole non-stealing thing, until each of us as individuals can begin to look outside less and inside more. Because as far as this whole ancient system of life and wisdom is concerned, it's not about looking outside of ourselves for happiness or satisfaction. Because outside is none of our business. Inside, that's the business of yoga. In yoga, if you go to a class or download a class, you have a period at the end called Shavasana. Shavasana is the part where you get to lay down and stay down. And something that you may hear a lot during this time is to let go. I've said it on the show when we practice breath or meditation. At some point, I've said it. Let go. Just let go. Like, it's so simple. In fact, surrender might be the most difficult thing for most of us to do. Surrender control of a moment or a situation to let go of judgment to stop doing. Just let it go. It's really hard. It's so hard, in fact, that a lot of people get up right before Shavasana and leave. They would rather go on to the next thing than lay down and be still with their thoughts. In this instance, what I'm talking about is a key to dealing with approaching the practice of non-stealing. The goal of surrender is not to surrender all your possessions and go live in a cave, but just surrender to the idea of enough. To let go of ambition and comparison and competition long enough to feel that there is enough. That much, much less... Is enough that you are enough and to let go of all of the brain activity that tricks us otherwise just for a minute just even for a split second just long enough to recognize what we are stealing and when and from whom and why I'm gonna read a brief meditation on letting go this one is called let it be meditation and it's written by Michael W Taft normally I read and guide my own meditations But this one just seemed to fit so snugly inside this concept that I wanted to share it with you guys. So please know this was written by Michael W. Taft. I will link to it in the show notes so that there is no stealing here. I'm not trying to steal any intellectual property. I want to make sure that the proper crafter and creator of these thoughts gets the proper due. Michael has his own podcast called Deconstructing Yourself. So if you like this kind of thing, you can find Deconstructing Yourself on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And again, I'm going to link to that in the show notes. As for this here podcast, thanks for listening. Tell a friend. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google Play. You can rate and review. And here's why I care about that. One, ego. I'm human. Two, The more of you guys that rate and review, the better the chance other people find us. It's an algorithm thing, maybe. The more of us there are, the closer we'll be to overthrowing the regime, which is fun for everyone. How do you rate? Go to Yoga for the Revolution on iTunes, and you'll see tabs. One says Details, one says Ratings and Reviews, and the other says Related. Click on Ratings and Reviews. And you know what you do or say once you're there is all you. You can check out yogafortherevolution.org. New website, look and feel. Let me know what you think about it. Write me an email. Talk to me on Facebook at facebook.com slash yogafortherevolution or follow on Twitter at y underscore f underscore t underscore r or find me on Instagram if that's your jam. What we've got now is a brief meditation on letting go. Just a little bit of practice, so we can stop the mad hoarding for just a second and reconsider the possibility that we have enough, that we are enough. Find a quiet place or quiet enough. Be comfortable. This doesn't have to look a certain way. Just make sure you can breathe and listen. Again, this meditation is called let it be And the meditation script is written by Michael W. Taft. Your life is filled with too much business, too much hurry, too much stress. Just for a moment, let go of all that. There are too many machines vying for your attention, with rings, beeps, blinks, flags, and badges. Just for a moment, turn them all off and put them away. Your body is tense, with too much caffeine, too much anxiety, too much sense that you have to move, move, move. Just for a moment, let go of all that, and sit quietly. Emotions move through your body, each seeming crucial and compelling. But these emotions are simply Some physical sensations. You don't need to do anything about them right now. Just for a moment, let them be. Thoughts rattle around in your head in a never-ending stream of words. But these thoughts are nothing but some sounds in your mind. You don't need to do anything about them right now. Just for a moment, let them be. There is an urgent sense that you must do something, that there are actions to take. But you will be able to get things done in a little while. You don't need to do anything about them right now. Just for a moment, let them be. If anything else arises in your experience, That, too, is just some content. You don't need to do anything about that right now. Just for a moment. Let it be. If any insights, visions, feelings, communications, memories, or other experiences arise, that's fine. That is just some content. You don't need to do anything about that right now. Just for a moment, let it be. If at any point you feel like you're doing something on purpose, just let that be. Let it be. Breathe. Take a deep breath. Come back to your surroundings. I'm interested to know how your experience of asteya, of non stealing, goes this week, if you choose to consider it. Let me know. In the meantime, keep breathing and live to fight another day.